3: It's the Parkinson Spiegel Show with me, Mark Grody and Anthony Heron on the score, and yeah, Peter King, the Hall of Fame writer from NBC Sports, joins us on the guest hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. What's going on, Peter? How are you?
4: Hey, everything's going good. What are you guys doing today? What, what, what is is
3: any is there any rabble being roused today?
5: Not yet. I mean, uh, you know, as far as, like, in the studio, we've got a few more hours to maybe rouse <laughs> things up a little bit. But just around the city of Chicago, finally got frigid this week for the first time. So for me, Peter, yeah. I hit the streets last night. We have something called Zoo Lights at the Lincoln Park Zoo. So my yeah. voice, for the first time during this holiday season, my voice is struggling a little bit, a little bit dry today by comparison to how I normally. Okay, well,
4: I am, I am the perfect guest because I can literally <laughs> talk for 20 minutes nice. nonstop. <laughs> So listen, just don't interrupt me.
5: <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll tee you up. So how, how festive is the king this, this time of year? I mean, there's a variety of different holidays. It can be separ- uh, celebrated. Are, you, are there decorations galore around the household? Oh, come on, I
4: love, I love Christmas. Ha- uh, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas are my two favorites. In fact, this weekend will be the first weekend in 40 years covering the NFL in the football season, that I do not work.
3: Wow. That is something, I, uh,
4: man. Yeah. It went, uh, so NBC, when, when we were talking about a contract this year uh, after last season, I signed a one-year contract, and the one thing they offered me that I thought about, and I thought, well, I really shouldn't do that, but I said, no, I'm going to do it. They said you can uh, take one week of your choosing off this year. And I said, well, I'm going to be with the family in Berkeley, California, on, uh, on this weekend and all through Sunday. And uh, I might watch some games on TV. I might not. But I won't have to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning on uh, Sunday night, Monday morning working. And that is my Christmas present.
5: So Peter's missing history because it feels like the NFL is going to take over Christmas at this point And now Peter yeah. King is just going to kind of, you know, take a little siesta on hey, Christmas Hey, you know, Eve. here's
4: the interesting thing. I, I, I wrote this in my column this week, but we all know the NFL is king. However, however, so an important game for the Philadelphia Eagles, 4.30 Eastern time on, on uh, Monday. Eagles, Giants, and it shouldn't be much of a game. But look at how the Eagles are playing now; it might be a game. So anyway, Eagles and the Giants at four thirty, and then five o'clock, LeBron against Tatum.
3: You know, Lakers, Celtics,
4: there you go, Staples Center. So my question is, basically, who you got? What do you what is what's America going to be watching? Because look. It isn't like it's some mega football game, but this is a pretty interesting basketball game, I think. And so I don't know. I I think I, I think the NFL, this was maybe three, four years ago. They they said, Listen, we have no gentleman's agreement with the NBA to hand them Christmas. Why can't we play on Christmas too? Mm-hmm. And so they started doing it and planning it. And look, their Christmas night game this year, and I don't know what games their NBA game is on on Christmas night, but you got the two winningest teams in the league, Baltimore at San Francisco, playing on Christmas night. Now, uh, I, I you know I don't know. It's not maybe the sexiest game, but it is the two best teams in football facing off. So I, I think they're going to get pretty good numbers this, this Monday when they uh, – when those numbers roll roll in next week.
3: The NFL is wonderfully relentless, and uh, we are all complicit because we all absolutely love the NFL. You brought up the the terminology, uh, Peter King, rabble-rousing. There's been a little bit of it on the the radio today and on the text lines um, in terms of of Luke Getzey, the, the Bears' offensive coordinator, and uh, some of the mistakes he's made. And if you, you got did, my partner, Mark, yeah. calling people simpletons well, uh, throughout no, the show no, here. No, oh, Peter, we'll Peter, I think you can appreciate what I'm about to say. I have no problem with people not liking Luke Getzey. As a matter of fact, I've been critical of him. What I don't like is when, when I defend some of the things he does, I get the old, uh, oh, you're just carrying water for the guy. He's a source of yeah. yours. You're just trying to kiss up to him because you're at Hallis Hall every day that's the stuff that I resent and I don't like and I get really angry about.
4: Yeah, well, I I covered the uh, Kansas City New England game Sunday just because I thought Kansas City was the newsiest team in in the game. The, The game wasn't a great game, but you know, you spend time with defending Super Bowl champs and you get time with Mahomes and Reed and I thought that was worth it and and the mail i've gotten in the last couple of days for skipping over uh buffalo dallas and you know not 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 talking about the 49ers at all this week in the column you can't please everybody and so i'd say i just say this about getty and
6: <clears throat>
4: and about chicago right now and that is that look if you have some real lapses uh, in a game that everybody thinks well maybe not we should win this game but we definitely could win this game I mean you're playing a you're playing a very good defense but you're playing a, a quarterback who was watching red zone a month ago and who thought his career was probably over and his phone wasn't ringing and, and Joe Flacco played well right down the stretch of this game but man he gave three of them away and so you think you probably should win but Look, you can pick out a lot of things in any particular game that you don't like. And I'm sure there are some plays here that you know you don't like that see called and you don't like that Justin Fields didn't execute. But I think my ten thousand foot view of the Bears right now, and again, all I saw on Sunday uh was the highlights of this game. So I can't sit here and say Yep, I give Fields a B minus for this game. I I I didn't see it, but I think at the end of the day, um, and I am going to watch a lot of their game. Hopefully this weekend, when I'm just sitting around watching TV, but I'm going to try to watch a lot of their game this weekend to make a judgment. But I still stand by, you know, running it back another year and see what happens.
5: And that's interesting because the. The triumvirate of the Bears—that's most most scrutinized—is, of course, head coach, offensive coordinator/slash play caller, and quarterback. And part of what it feels like Ryan Poles and and Kevin Warren will need to decide as they get into the offseason here is maybe which which spot is more difficult to replace. You know, I, I guess you could you can unload all of them and just you know kind of <laughs> hope for the best. But in your experience, in forty years of covering this league, are, are you more likely to to hit? On a QB, are you more likely to hit on on a coach, on an offensive play call? I mean, which one is, is the most difficult to replace?
4: The quarterback. But, you know, I think that the situation is almost doubly difficult to fathom this year because let's just say for the sake of argument that you're Ryan Poles and you're not sold on Justin Fields yet. I would just guess, and this is a guess that he's not totally sold on Justin Fields. But but here's sort of the way I look at it. Everybody said, well, geez, you're not going to be in position to take a quarterback this good, drafting this high for a long time, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I totally understand that. And if he falls in love with Caleb Williams, Drake Moy, whoever, whoever, I, you know, I don't know these guys, but if he falls in love with one, and thinks he's the future, that's fine. But I would just say two things. Number one, you'd sit right where you are, don't take any calls, or maybe trade down one spot, two max, uh, and probably still get Marvin Harrison. Uh, And the second possibility is you can trade down 9, 10, 12 spots, pick up three, what I think would probably be three first-round picks and get the very, very solid rebuild over the next two years and work with Justin Fields and say, okay, listen, maybe we don't have Tom Brady on our team or a guy who's going to deliver multiple Super Bowls, but I want to build this whole team the right way. And if we decide in two years that Fields isn't the guy, then we'll move on but right now we want to surround Justin Fields with an excellent deep into the playoffs caliber team and and then we'll just let the chips fall where they may that that is how I would lean right now I would lean trade trading that pick and really maximizing the value for it
3: you know I I am <laughs> leaning somewhat towards the idea of Justin Fields being back. And here's why, because there has been a development with the Bears over the last four or five weeks, and that is the defense has suddenly become good. And I'm not saying they're great or elite yet, but you know the Montez Sweat effect has been real. We, we are starting to see the players that the Bears brought in this year to help out like TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds be good. We know how good Jalen Johnson has been. And there's no time to waste this defense. So, uh, how much right. does that factor into your opinions when it comes to the Bears right now? The, the defense that would
4: that'd factor in a lot with with me because you can look at that defense and say, okay, one of these high picks, we're gonna take, uh, we're gonna take an edge player, <clears throat> and we are gonna build up the front seven of this team so that next year opening day. We are going to be a load for anybody to play. But I also think that whatever you do, whatever the next step is, if you decide to load up over the next two years, let's just say in the draft, you know, with a lot of high picks, I think that it's incumbent on you to say, okay, if the best player uh, right now is a tackle, let's take him if the if the best guard in football for the last 10 years is coming out this year take him i mean just be concerned with getting cornerstone long term players who you can see playing deep into the playoffs 5 6 times that's that would be my biggest concern even though obviously you want to continue to improve the defense i'll tell you what i want to do i want to get a big physical receiver i want to go out and look for a dk metcalf type or just a bigger receiver right now than the one you have now i think you got you got a deep threat moody you got the uh you know you you obviously have a really good one to one and a half dj Moore, and you got cole Komet who's come on uh playing with fields I and you know I would I would want a physical receiver, and I would want reinforcements for the offensive line, probably for for the offense anyway more than anything else. And then on defense, I would really like to get a bookend for um you know a book a book edge guy.
5: It's definitely a unique opportunity the Bears will have to to bolster the roster, regardless of that decision at QB. It seems like there's there's some franchises around the league, Peter that that find a way to win consistently with v- variety of quarterbacks, coaches, you know, yeah. Philadelphia, Seattle, San Fran, Dallas, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. <laughs> what separates those teams that establish consistency over coaches and quarterbacks versus the rest of the league who are so hit or miss like the Bears?
4: I think uh, that they're all very, very concerned about their supporting cast. And look, the 49ers, we all know, they got lucky with Brock Purdy. Nobody expected this out of Brock Purdy. But I've been saying this for a long time, that if the 49ers win the Super Bowl this year, it means that six of the last 11 Super Bowl champions would have been either the 75th pick in the draft, Russell Wilson, 199th Tom Brady, or 262nd Brock Purdy. I'm not saying that you should pass up A quarterback, if you are convinced, he's a generational talent. However, I have seen a lot of people convinced that certain players are going to be good for the next 15 years, and it just doesn't work. You saw one with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's now not even going to be the number two guy in Pittsburgh. He's sliding all the way down to number three. So there's just no guarantee with quarterbacks. There's no guarantee with anybody, but especially at the quarterback position.
3: Peter, great stuff as always. And Merry Christmas to you, man. Enjoy oh, your day Happy off. Holiday.
4: I will. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot, fellas. Yep. Thanks, Peter. See ya.
3: Peter King, first Christmas day off in 40 years. I think you should do like a get the diary out and just talk about his day. The entire day I woke up and didn't have to cover football. I got to watch football. (laughs) Man. Or you could just sleep. Yeah, or you could just sleep. There's nothing better in life than alarm clock-free sleep.
0: Why?
1: Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. A lot. Why? Every time, your internet slows down during the busiest hours.
0: Why? Why?
1: Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.